if Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, the blah 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 blah. Sending out good vibes. Quick pop in before this week's show. I'd let you guys know that we do have Stripe running on a side website for now until we can find a new full-time home for Grammerica.ca. Uh, so for the time being, you can find all our Stripe options available at Grimerica.ca slash Stripe. Uh, S-T-R-I-P-E, Grimerica.ca slash Stripe. Enjoy the episode. Nobody is your enemy except what you're making up in your head. If they're not at your door trying to harm you, then all the rest of it is imaginary. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Rennie and Tamara a little bit later. Rennie DeFazio, Tamara Veach. Of course, you guys might remember we had them on. Oh, it must be three, four years ago now. Uh, talk about their first book, One Great Year. This time we're talking about their new book, The Emissary. All sorts of great uh, fun stuff we're chatting about uh, that we always chat about on the show. As their books tend to cover, it's sort of fact based on fiction, fiction based on fact, I mean. Yeah, that sort of thing. Of course, we got uh, the one and only Graham. I chime in before I get introduced. Dunlop, how's it going, buddy? I, I held it. This I, it was time really did, hard, yeah. and I held it. The first I was time about to chime in about how good Tamara and Renee's book was because it's like all that stuff we talk about ancient histories and alternative ancient mysteries and alternative history and sacred geometry and past lives and love and light and all that good stuff. That's right. That yeah, was a great chat. Great book. Yep. So how you doing? Good. Yeah. How you been? I'm pretty good. Went to Jordan Peterson last night. Yeah, that was a fun time. See, yeah, at the Jubilee Theater. Yeah, that was a pretty good venue and pretty cool to see him talk. You know what I liked about his, his talk is it was very, um, it was unscripted. Like we talked to enough people here, you can tell when somebody's got their their spiel, right? Yeah. He was like, he was, you can tell he was like, okay, I've got this thing I've been thinking about, this new rule for living coming maybe out of, into a new book. And he was just sort of, you could tell he was at the, almost the genesis of this new thing right yeah and he kind of he kind of winged it i mean it wasn't like you know it wasn't like it was uh some set speech right he was just going off the off the cuff for about an hour an hour and a half of this his meditation basically on on bettering yourself and understanding how we inherently suffer and there are plenty of reasons and what was his main three uh three things here not don't allow yourself to be resentful arrogant or deceitful so that's just pretty good advice all around i mean it was very you know very accepting it's tough to go yeah it's tough to tough to go wrong with advice like that of course the crowd was dressed well there's a lot of suits i was definitely what? underdressed it was a well-dressed crowd and you, th- you notice that people dressed well and i've seen a lot of suits really yeah 
overabundance of suits. Not many people. Know I was wearing rave festival pants. Yeah. pajamas. No, I was the only one in pajama pants. The one who's never been to a rave wearing rave pants. Yeah. Well, I've been to some fucking raves back in the day, brother. <laughs> Trust me. Um, uh, yeah, it was good. And the other interesting thing, of course, that we noticed is that it was pretty close to 50-50 male to female. Yeah. A ton of couples. Yeah. And almost 50-50. If anything, there may have been a slight advantage to men, like 55 or 60 to 40, something like that. But definitely not uh, what you would expect, would expect with the press Peterson gets. Yeah, they, he, t- he definitely addressed that. I mean, Dave Rubin was out there um, introducing him. And you could tell that uh, they definitely get a lot of negative press. But from physically going around uh, to 100 places and seeing a bunch of people, it's... It's a very positive message, and it's very positive um, feedback from people. Yeah, yeah. What did Jordan said? Couldn't that really criticize averages, his message at all. He averages like twenty or thirty people a day approach him on the street and talk about how a positive impact he's made on their lives. So he's like, "There's not enough bad journalists in the world to sort of change that." <clears throat> and the thing that really resonated with us listening to him at, on that topic was about answering to the best that he could truthfully, like to how he truly felt or how he, you know, uh, the truth, the best way he could see it. And, and that, that the outcome, no matter what the outcome would be the best possible outcome. If, if you do, if you do that, like sometimes when he would answer something, you know, who knows what kind of negative press might come from that. But in the end, it would end up being the best outcome. Yeah. Regardless. Because he's just being tr- as truthful as possible. And he was also giving some advice to podcasters indir- oh, that's, in, oh yeah which was great for us that's right i forgot yeah. all about that he, he said uh, if you're gonna have a podcast or anything like that make it 100 percent unscripted unedited unscripted unedited i don't think he said unscripted i i think he meant unedited for one and not um too polished i think yeah i which, think unscripted was in there too was it you think uh, not 100% unscripted, but he definitely authentic is what he was trying to get at, that that's what's resonating with people. And I think that's why... Long-form he, content. He, that's too. why he goes out there and does his thing from the hip, and he's not following a script or an agenda out there. He's just like, what's the latest thing that's on my mind is this new rule, maybe coming into a new book about not being resentful, arrogant, or deceitful. Like, how can you go wrong with that? It was pretty cool. Well, your deceitfulness will definitely suffer. If you'd stop being deceitful. Also your arrogance that and your resentfulness. That doesn't make any sense. He's also kind Some of... Some people I think thrive on those things. I think he also mentioned about being grateful that the society that we live in, that, you know, we are in... We are... He talked about our infrastructure and everything else and how well it works and how we should be somewhat grateful for that. Yeah. As opposed to... Thinking that we're being oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. When we're actually just super entitled most of the time. But he he went into a lot of detail about why we're resentful as a society and as a people. And that we have lots of reasons to be. Like he wasn't being, he wasn't frowning against it or it wasn't, you know, dissing it. He was just saying there's lots of reasons why we suffer and why we're resentful. Right. Try not Let's to Let's acknowledge be. that and, and try not to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good one. Good, good venue. Good seat. Yeah, actually, we were a second row from the back. 
It's cramped in pretty tight, but that's okay. We need more support, then we can get better seats. Um, what do you, uh, what do you got? Well, I mean, we might as well just jump right into uh, contact at the cabin, maybe, and we'll do that right Cat? away. I'd like to be more prepared for that. So I okay, can, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Then uh, I got some feedback. Oh, I got a good synchronicity for you guys. I think you guys have probably heard about this, but we got a couple people uh, sent this into the website. A couple different people sent this into the website. Where are we here? I don't even know if you could call it a synchro, to be honest with you. Okay, we'll just go with one of these then. Well, no, and I mean, now it's... another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. You can't say you don't. I got, I got new reading reading glasses here. So. Uh-oh. So this is one of these, like, what are the odds thing, right? So do I even need these glasses? Probably. So what are the odds? This is our, our hashtag buzz analysis. The eerie quadrillion to one broken leg coincidences of the Joe Theismann and Alex Smith injuries. Have you heard about this? No. So this is, it's kind of a weird thing because it's got a lot of, like, they put a lot of hashtags and links in here, but our show is actually mentioned. So this is from the, the gban.com blog. Our buzz analysis, the eerie quadrillion of one broken leg coincidence is connecting the Redskins, QBs, Alex Smith, and Joe Theismann. This is a tangent in and points to the structure and pattern in consciousness. Here at the Global Buzz Analysis Network, we are all about the buzz analysis when we're on a cannabis high or when we are sober. We apply our learned cannabis sensibility from being ripped to any subject. And we enjoy pointing that high-powered observational perspective to exploring out-of-the-ordinary things like the synchronicities of these two mind-boggling events. Slowly, the rest of the country is starting to get up to speed on the eeriness and the gigantic quadrillion-to-one improbability of these two separate but strikingly similar events. So, and they sadly involve a gruesome injury, and our hearts go out to Alex Smith and our wishes for a speedy and 100% recovery. This is where the coincidences start. Washington Redskins quarterback Joe Theismann broke his right tibia and fibula on November 18, 1985, in a game in Washington that ended 23-21. The only three-time defensive player of the year, Lawrence Taylor. I remember Lawrence Taylor back in the 80s. We used to play that video game Tecmo Bowl, and like, he was one of the best best. Uh, what the NPCs. fuck is Tecmo Bowl? You don't, what, you don't know what Tecmo Bowl is? Oh, my God. Do you? Brady, Brody must know. So... The only three-time defensive player of the year, Lawrence Taylor, was involved in the injury, which occurred around the 40-yard line. So the next one. Washington Redskins quarterback Alex Smith broke his right tibia and fibula on November 18, 2018. In a game in Washington that ended 23-21. The only other three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watts, was involved in the injury, which occurred around the 40-yard line. Both events occurred exactly 33 years apart to the day. The hmm. Redskins won in 85 and lost last Sunday. So it talks about tweeting because Joe Theismann actually actually tweeted or something. Is that, is that a tweet? It looks kind of weird colors. But, so I wonder how. Hmm, interesting. But they're saying what, what are else the, happened what are the in odds? 1985? Like, does, does consciousness have structure? What happened in the NFL on November 18th? 
2018. So actually, Theisman actually tweeted, Alex's leg is exactly like mine 33 years ago. So what are, what are the odds that these events can, can be exactly the same in at least five different areas? Date, score, tackler, 33 timing, and the team. Mil- and, it's got to be a million to one. Well, they're saying quadri- quadrillion. They're making up a number. but And what does this have to do with the GBAN? The hashtag GBAN. The Global Buzz Analysis Network was conceived and manifested for talking about events exactly like this, among a myriad of others. You could even say that this is a prime example for what needs this kind of buzz analysis. Cannabis is not only a medicine, but it is a very effective tool that can give us all some badly needed perspective on many similar type tangential discussions. That's why it's called getting high, right? One of the things the G-Band does, it provides a conduit for connecting the cannabis community to this academic, hidden, ancient, and neglected knowledge and subject matter. Not just what you smoke or ingest as an edible, but what imbibing, imbibing your favorite cannabis generates what you think about in your mind when you're baked as a donut. So what, con- what content does it generate for you? Share that on our platform. I don't know if I should read this whole thing here, but anyways, um, this event, in our humble opinion, is evidence that yes, there is a God wink, that there is a pattern, a design to what is happening. So what does that mean for humanity, for civilization as we know it? Quite a bit if we apply our intellect with the best of intentions. Yet another reason the G-Ban is now manifest from ages past, no less. Our pals and influencers at Grimerica Podcast have a whole category devoted to these events called synchros. They are little ones that happen to all of us, and when we recognize that they happen, good or bad, and celebrate the fact. When I am under the influence of cannabis, I, I myself see and feel this connectiveness all too well. Way too well, actually. The joke among my friends is that I always drove the buzz bus collaboratively connecting subjects and humor to the point of collecting <laughs> piss your pants, collective uh, piss your pants hilariousness. So that's why they embarked on this website. There's more of the reality that meets the eye. So what they're saying here is this Joe Theismann and Alex Smith synchronicities. We can take it as a signal, a sign that if we start paying more attention and focus our energies, we can generate a kinder, gentler living experience for all of us collectively. Just start oh, by smiling go. at someone. Thanks for the show, though, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. So, of course, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. I thought I saw something else there. What was the, uh, I was adding up the scores. 23 plus 21 is 44. So I don't know. If, or no, is it? Yeah, 44. I don't know if that means anything. No, 42 would be cooler. <laughs> yeah. Or Who knows? 43 again. You can, but that's you can make number fuckery work in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Crazy. That reminds me of the uh, the Lincoln. The Lincoln. That's very similar to the Lincoln one. The Lincoln and Kennedy assassination. Oh, yeah. That shit is, which is fuck. crazy. Yeah. Shit. Kennedy was shot in the Lincoln, and Lincoln was shot in the theater. Ford. Name. Or- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we pull that up for we'll pull. We'll find that for next week. Yeah, we should. That was a good one. Yeah. All right, what do you want to do? Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil.
Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show at P.O. Box 16033. Next line. 100-815, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Canada. Next line. T2T space 5H7. That's the P.O. Box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Cause he's got a dirty sock fetish. <laughs> Why don't you send Graham some gold bullion? Cause he's got a gold bullion fetish. <laughs> send him some gold. Send, send him, him some gold. gold. <laughs> send him some gold to the P.O. Box. You've got a gold bullion fetish? Or is you that have me? the gold. Oh. I have the dirty sock fetish, which is code for weed, you Code, fucks. code, Stop dirty socks. Stop sending dirty socks. That are empty. That are empty. Dirty socks are supposed to have weed in them. Anyway. We got here a cenote. I went swimming in a cenote last time I was in Mexico. Oh, nice. Yeah, snorkeling. So like a lagoon kind of thing? You know what? That's not the one you went to. I'd have no way of knowing. Oh. I wasn't on the UK. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know which one this would be, but fuck, you know what? This could be it because it is there by Chichen Itza. And I went on my way back to the coast from Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza? Whatever the fuck. Um, hmm. It could be the same one. I don't think it is, though. You know what? It might be. I wish I could move this picture around a little bit more. Anyway, gentlemen. You guys are awesome. Thanks for all the great news. Here's some dough to help you out. Post dated, so don't throw them all into the bank early. Use it for the back wall. I'll send you more later on in the summer. Or hand if to Graham or hand off to Graham at a CE5 event. Ooh. And we just finished doing a CE5 show. Merry Christmas to you all and the Grimericans. May the coming year bring our E.T. families to our front yards. May blessing, many blessing to you all, and all that I want to be free. Brian in the hat. Oh, awesome. It says something in brackets, his last name. I don't think I'm going to say it because it's in brackets. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Brian. Hope yeah, to see you so soon at the C5. Oh, That's wow. awesome. Yeah, so Brian is nice enough to send us... Uh, Wow, four checks. Four checks, nice, thanks. Four checks for 111.11. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Make sure you put the right ones in the account at the right time. I will, yeah. Huge thanks, Brian. Huge help. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Of course, uh, if, it, if anyone was still looking to do one-time donations, I know some people around Christmas time last year did want to do that. The link to do that, and I am going to have it in the show notes and put it on the website. I just haven't had a chance. We're waiting to migrate the server, and it's just been a mess lately. We're scrambling as usual. But um, it is paypal.me slash Grimerica. You can still do one-time donations there if you see fit. Of course, Grimerica.ca slash support is where you really need to go and sign up for a monthly or a yearly or a Patreon or you know the Stripe I'm going to get up this weekend. I meant to have it up for the first, but I'm slacking as usual. Um, but yeah, we we really do need the support, guys. It really does help. We're trying to get into a space here. We're supposed to be going into a space in February, and expenses are going to start to creep up as we do that. And you know, we're also trying to prepare for the inevitable 
Um, well, I don't want to say that, knock on wood, because we don't want to get deplatformed from everywhere, but we've had a scare here or there, and we've seen it happen to some other people. So we, the goal is to get to a self-hosting situation and things like that, and all that you know, takes, takes support. So big, huge thank you to the people that do support the show. And if you don't support the show, why not now? Um, we've also been populating the Black Budget more and more. We've got three interrupting essays episodes in there. We did the part one of the Unabomber Manifesto read we did. We're going to do part two of that next week, I think. Um, yeah, should be good. Black Budget, baby. There's like 30-some Har- episodes Harvard, Harvard paper on conspiracy theories from Cass Sunstein. That's going to be fascinating. That'll be a three-parter. We've got part one up there. Yeah. That's right. We got some of the. We've got also some of the stuff from Dave McGowan stuff. Did I ever read that email about support? I should probably email this. I, I mean, I should probably read this. Sure. While we're on the support, <clears throat> the support part here. Uh, Is but, it the but, PayPal but, one? No. Do you have the one about the PayPal canceling buddy and all that? Did we? Didn't we already talk about that no. last show? We no. did talk about it last did show. We? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a theory about that, eh? About because PayPal since canceling. we had oh, that PayPal, actually, since we had that PayPal thing, we've had it for a while, and it seems to have stopped now that we're coming around the cycle of the month. I think again, but we had like an unprecedented manner, amount of unsubscribes. There. Now I do know there's a few people that are waiting for the Stripe link to go up to resubscribe. Yeah, and that hasn't happened and, yet. No, oh. and a few people have jumped onto the Patreon. Yeah, but I also think maybe it wasn't just us. What if that was some sort of little cash grab by PayPal and anyone who doesn't notice or doesn't whatever and, you know, maybe people don't notice for six months. I mean, when you got millions and millions of customers, a couple of dollars in each of those accounts could equal. I'm not understanding how they, I thought they took it off. I well, I noticed right away. Down. They did. And I noticed right away how many people wouldn't notice. So I'm wondering if people whose payments canceled when they came around, I wonder if that's because their PayPal is currently, because we got an email from someone that said their PayPal got frozen for six months. How does that affect the money though? So then they have the money in that account. I don't understand how PayPal would get money from that. If they're, if they're, if no one emails or anything. Oh, you mean the PayPal still coming out, but it's not coming to, to the proper. No, No, just PayPal seizes that account. I notice and start emailing them immediately. What if they did that to a million people that day and 10,000 don't notice? And out of those 10,000 people, there was a half a million dollars in money yeah, but that the, PayPal the money could just... doesn't go anywhere, though. I mean, PayPal could just take it. So they stop it? They interrupt it from It's like a little cash from... grab. Because, I mean, how many different weird shell companies do you think are using PayPal for shady shit? And they see that email and they're just like, whoop, walk away. Could be a little cash what, grab. What email? The email like we got from PayPal. Right, right, right. Like, what if that's just a thing PayPal sends out every once in a while? Oh, I see. To what certain you're people. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're not talking about the listeners getting the notification that they've been they've been disconnected. Well, to mass people, the they that... got the same one we got. Oh, maybe yeah. because we got a couple people that emailed in and said that they've got their accounts frozen right now because of a PayPal fuck up that PayPal caused. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. And oh. that that was directly related to a Grimerica payment. And so and so let's say like 50% of those people get that back from like emailing PayPal fighting it blah blah yeah. blah and then but there's a bunch that just get left Even if untouched. Yeah, what if it's there all of a sudden that's PayPal's That could couch. be a million dollars a year for PayPal yeah. just oh, doing a little, least. you know, internal phishing. Yeah. I guess it'd be the opposite of phishing. In a lot of ways. Fucking stealing. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that too. It's stealing. 
They're already stealing enough. But anyways, for people to get to for people to get the extra content in the black budget, we still consider it value for value because really you can just donate anything and you get a manual. You get an you get a when you donate the new donations. You get an, you um, get the uh, login for the website and access to the forums, yeah, or yeah. to listen to the episodes yeah. on the website, and you also get the RSS yeah. feed. Too. And it can be any any donation. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's an interesting email. I don't think I've read this before. Good morning, Graham. Longtime fan, longtime monetary supporter. So I'm going to keep this uh, this nice. Uh oh. Ooh. Maybe I should read this again. I don't agree with the outrage with this various socialist. I can't even read this. I don't agree with this outrage with the various social media and content streaming outfits supposedly censoring content creators. Graham calling YouTube the last platform of spe- free speech. Oh, did I did I say that? I don't know why you would ever say that. I think I meant <laughs> podcasting. YouTube's I think that's gone. Is an appalling admission to how pathetic we as internet users have become. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, etc., are non-profit, non-public entities. If they don't want someone on their platforms, whether they're dicks about it or not, it's their choice. Blaming them empowers them and keeps focus... Wait, wait, which companies? Uh, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, etc. Isn't, you, isn't Apple publicly traded? Well, uh, blaming... Uh, I don't know. Aren't that's they all publicly the traded? I don't think that's the point, really. Blaming them empowers them and keeps... Them keeps focus off of who can fix this situation. Content consumers. People, if you like a show, fucking support it with money. Even one dollar. Graham and Darren have said it before. If every listener donated a dollar a month, they would be set. That's what we as content or as creator slash consumer ecosystem should be aiming for. I'm mad at Carlwood for raising oh geez, I forgot about this. Uh oh. I'm mad at Carlwood for raising prices. $8 a month is too much for his content. I'm not supporting him. But imagine eight for eight shows worth of content. That's more reasonable and rivals a Hulu subscription. If we all did this, we could make an ecosystem where everyone would benefit. Consumers would get their content, creators would get their support, and Google can go to hell. I challenge all the listeners who have yet to pledge to join the good fight and start donating anything. Myself and people like me have been doing more than our share in supporting creators we love but we are losing this fight now is the time or forever lament in an internet where all you hear and see is what google and apple say you can if that happens make no mistake it is your freeloading fault (laughs) pretty harsh but harsh i mean well it's i don't know it's kind of scary because that's um man a couple more people got banned off of twitter recently like well, Twitter, could, would be, could, Twitter would be easier to, you know, you could probably get around that. It would slow your growth for sure. But I mean, for example, if we got removed from Libsyn or something like that tomorrow, it's probably the end of the show because we don't have enough money to start self-hosting. No, that, but that's, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. Like people talk about, um, as if this is a, this podcasting, we were talking about it today in the chats about growth of podcasting and how the potential of it is to grow. And I stayed away from getting too negative about the fact that they could flick a fucking switch and we'd be toast. Mm-hmm. A lot of podcasts, whoever they wanted to, to toast, they could just decide, big tech could just say, fuck it, you're done. And it would really put a lot of us out of the game. Yeah. Well, that's why the value for value model, I think, is is kind of bulletproof in a lot of ways, because I've been thinking about that lately. And I mean, we've already got people downloading the show all over the world. 
which I actually found out recently helps the algos. So if you even even if you don't listen to the show on iTunes, it's oh. good if you subscribe there. Everyone should subscribe to the show on iTunes because it gives us a bump in iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Okay, yeah. iTunes or the podcast app. Even if that's not where you listen, go into the iTunes podcast app and subscribe to the show there because that'll bump us up in the iTunes search algorithm. Well, how much do reviews help? Reviews help a little, but it's mostly just goes by subscribers and all-time so it goes by title keyword, then description keyword, and all all time subscribers. I don't even think downloads matter; just subscribers. That's interesting. Yeah, so I feel like that's the I feel like that's the the same sort of thing that YouTube uses as well. Is is uh, subscribers. subscribers? It's good to subscribe to the show everywhere. Grimemarket.ca slash iTunes will bring you right over there. Where you can subscribe, you can review, you can do all that stuff. But at least subscribe really does help. Um, where else was I going with that? Was there someplace else? About self-hosting eventually? Oh, well, we'll support the show. We need support. I mean, I think you did a pretty good job of saying it. Okay. Like you said, yep. I mean, you, yep. if we, if the shows that get out in front of it, will have the ability to stay around. I mean, Alex Jones is somewhat of an example of that. You know, he got deplatformed from everywhere and he can keep going. Yeah, I don't know how he's doing. I haven't been paying attention. No, me either, but he's just got... I mean, his show still shows up on my podcast player, so... Oh, does it? Yeah, he just self-hosts his fucking feed, so they can't stop that feed from existing if he's... He could get shut down podcast player by podcast player, but they would all have to do it, and he could still manually navigate to his RSS feed and listen to it in in your browser. But it's still available on Overcast. I don't think it's available on the iTunes. Mm. I actually think it's I can't remember if it did when I, I I can't remember if I had to search it or not but anyways the, oh I did want to also actually I promised my wife I'll give her a shout out this week she launched her new her and her Ooh. friend launched her new company it's canagoddesscollective.com c-a-n-n-a goddesscollective.com um, they're on a Twitter what was the Twitter I should have had all this ready the at tw- Collective. I don't think I don't think Twitter gives you that many uh, characters. Yeah, that's right. So it's Canna Goddess underscore C on Twitter. Just go give them a follow on Twitter. Go to share the page if you can. It's mostly a local thing. Um, if you're not local, they can't really do a whole lot for you. But it's basically they've started their um, their Green Goddess circles, mostly for women. Of course, they are going to do some co-ed stuff down the road. I'll read the blurb here. We believe every woman deserves and needs a safe, sacred space to circle with other women where they can take a moment to honor their womanhood, womanhood, feel supported, empowered, and connected within. We are immensely excited to announce our green goddess circles. Wow. So they do like a Tupperware party too, or they can sell all different strains. No, you can't do that. No, you go to jail for that. That's illegal. (laughs) Oh, I thought you're allowed to gift a certain amount, but you're not allowed to, you can only buy state approved weed. That's it. So Trudeau is the only drug dealer that's allowed. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've got um, they've got uh, monthly circles that they do or bi monthly that you can sign up for, and then they've also got their for hire, so they can do uh, celebration circles, home goddess circles, and home goddess workshops. We go to your house for a birthday party or something like that. So yeah, they could use uh, some likes and some shares and some bookings. Cool. So it sounds like if a you're good local idea. to the Calgary area, check it out. And, uh, yeah, 
I actually wanted to, I thought I had the Facebook page up there too. Yeah, so the Facebook page is Canon Goddess Collective as well. So head over there and uh, give I'll, it a like. I'll put a link to the show notes in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what else you got? Uh, you know, the... Oh, the, the quote. The UFO quote, you know, the best part of the show. The best part of the show, eh? Is that what we're calling it now? The show's... Once the UFO quote is the best part of the show, we're in trouble, buddy. We're, it's always been the best, Darren. You just that's can't it, that's, it. It. that's yeah. the only reason we have listeners. We could just do, does that mean we could just do the UFO quote and be out of here? The, U, the, the UFO quotes that I have is the reason why the show came about. Down and Graham, going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. It was a giant plate of light. It lit up the whole horizon with a glare. It was flying low over the landscape and appeared to be spinning. That was from Police Constable Eric Pinnock in Warminster, Wiltshire, in November, 11, November 30th, 1965. The profoundness of that is astounding. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm almost floored. Hey, it's a police officer that's trained to observe and document it. He's trained to beat people with a fucking club. Oh my God, <laughs> come on, that's terrible. Here's another one. The discs use a means of propulsion different from ours. There is no other possible explanation. Flying saucers come from another world. And that's Louis Breguet, French aircraft designer and manufacturer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I got that one right here, too. Oh, three? Yeah. Contact between U.S. citizens and extraterrestrials or their vehicles is strictly illegal. Hey, did we skip right over contact at the cabin? Yeah, we got to talk about it next. Dr. Brian T. Clifford, Pentagon official, the New York press conference, October 5th, 1982. Yeah, we got to talk about Contact the Cabin because our guests of this show are going to be there. Renee and Tamara are going to be there. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to visit with Randall Carlson for 10 days in Colorado. It's going to be fantastic. We got a bunch of people coming. Big, big log cabin is a log. Would you consider it a log cabin? Yeah. Eh? And if it as long as you consider it like a three or four million dollar log cabin estate on 122 acres in the mountains. Yeah. And then you could call it a log cabin. There you go. Like a lodge. Yeah, yeah. Like a big lodge. Basically. So it's, yeah, it's uh, Elk Lake Lodge in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. 75 spots were available. I think we're down to about 50. Um, the details are May 17th to 20th is the first event, May 20th to 23rd is the second, May 23rd to 27th is the last, which is, of course, the extra day for the same price, which is, I think, almost sold out. I think there's only camping and maybe a couple bunks left, so you're going to want to get on that right away if that's the one you want. Um, Graham and I will be down there. Randall Carlson will be down there. A bunch of other Grand Americans, people who were at CAC last year are going. It's selling out quick. Got to get on this. I'm telling you, it's going to be a hell of a time. Um, the flyers in the new, I think the flyers in the thing, there's a website too, and there's the email, uh, CAC 2019 at hdtravel.me. There's a downloadable flyer in the show notes that has all the information and the rates. If you email that email address, they're going to give you all the thing. Basically you get a, uh, a private room for about seven fifty, 
uh, bunk room single. So that's with a bunch of other people in a bunk bed room. Uh, is six fifty. There's a couple pullouts going for six hundred, and tent spots are five hundred with full amenities to the house. Um, which, like I said, we said at the private. It's got a private lake and shit. Randall's going to be staying there. We're doing some fireside chats. We're going to be doing some tours. Doing some visits. It'll be a great time. Some live of, podcasting. Yeah, man, hopefully, Grant will probably play some D and D and shit. Uh, hopefully, guaranteed. CE fives. Oh yeah, some, some CE five stuff. Oh. And we're right near the four corners. Well, we're not right near. A couple hours from the four corners, which is, which is a very uh, famous for paranormal. Oh UFO, yeah, that's UFO right. UFO activity. So, maybe we can linger around there one evening. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking to another. We should get Chris O'Brien. I was actually talking to that. another mystery guest today that's thinking about popping out for the first weekend. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Huh. I don't want to say who yet, just in case he changes his mind, but he's strongly considering he's supposed to let me know this week. Nice. He'll be a, a little celebrity guest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, so there you have it. So. I think that's about it, eh? Support the show. Do the shit in the show notes. And... Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, shit. We got to do this for the first time of the year since it's December. I've been waiting to play this, so we're going to play out with this one. Oh, do I have it on here? Maybe I don't have it on here. Oh, man. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? Just keep talking. Keep talking. It's not on that one. What's the significance to December? Christmas. Right it's only like this, it's the beginning of December. Is your, hey, I, I actually seen all your... Um, I actually seen all your uh, Christmas decorations in storage. In the storage, I was yeah. going to text you and see if I needed to pull yeah, them out for you. I'm not doing it. No, no. Bucket, bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> are you going away, or are you just no, canceling Christmas? No, just you know. That's terrible. Terrible. Keep talking. I'm. Ha- I need a minute. Do we? Do we need to do this? Yeah, we today? need to do it. Just keep talking. Right, just keep so... talking. I know you got your hockey game. Are we out of here in like thirty seconds? Okay, bud. I'm just. I'm not good at talking to them you're myself. Gonna, you're going to give her? I can do another UFO quote. I'll do that. That's what I'll do. Because I just realized there's way more than I thought. What? Yeah. You said you've been saying I it. Know, I, like, I know, I know, but I found a whole other page. Season's greetings. <laughs> oh, no. the oh, come on, really? Yeah. What, all December we have to play this jingle? Well, at least once. Oh, it's the first time of the year. I can't believe it's been a year already. Maybe have a candy cane or two. And maybe some All right, cookies. enjoy this chat. <laughs> it's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas. Podcasting from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy As he listens in on the little drummer boy I see you've acquainted yourself with D-Ron Yeah, it's true, he pumps Christmas trees on medicinal Wait a second, is that? Yeah, I think that's Sasquatch beneath the mistletoe Graham, thank you for saving me and giving me gifts And it looks like Napoleon Doom He's decorating the room With tinsels, ribbon, popcorn on strings And one to yes, they are in bloom And you might ask Who's that in the green and red Lucia Libre mask? Why of course that's RPJ Feliz Navidad It's so warm and jolly Cry
cast in from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham Grimes' ears of joy. As he listens in on the little drummer boy, boom. You'll get a warm and fuzzy feeling if you donate to the America show. So get in the spirit, reach down in your pocket and make it rain. I mean, uh, let it snow, make it snow, let it snow, let it snow, make it snow. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. It's so warm and jolly. Right, Merry Christmas. Cast in from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy. As he listens in on the little drummer boy. Boom, 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 boom. All right, we've got two of our favorite authors back, Tamara Veach and Rene DeFazio. Um, you guys have written now The Emissary, and the new book coming out in, the, in that series is, I just want to say this right now before I forget, The Emerald Tab- Tablet. And you guys were on a few years ago. We were talking about your book called The, great, the One Great Year, and um, it was a fantastic book. I read it. Darren's wife read it. And we had a we had you guys on for a great show talking about your journey through that, and of course it interweaves all kinds of stuff that we talk about on the show into a great like fictional fantasy. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to have you guys on to talk about like the last few years and your journey into you know splitting this awesome book into two two new books and a new se- uh, new series of books, and uh, yeah, all these synchronistic things that have been happening, to you guys. So welcome back to the show. Thanks, Thank guys. Yeah, we're super excited to be back. There's been lots of changes for us with all the changes to the books and we got married. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. 2015 after all those, uh, those years working together, we thought that we could actually get married. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still working on it. So there you go. It's been good. It's uh, yeah. It's been a journey for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's been amazing. I can't, you know, like even our marriage was fantastic. We got married at Sedona on Bell's Rock. right? And we had a little circle around us of our friends and family. And uh, the the photographer that we originally chose had to back out, couldn't couldn't do the gig. So another person stepped in who never does small weddings. And she decided to do a small wedding. Turns out she was filming Drumvalo Melchizedek the next day. Wow. And uh, she said, you know, I said, do you know him? She said, yeah, I just went bike riding with his son this morning. She goes, do you guys want to meet him? And we ended up hanging out with Drumvalo like uh, the, the, the next after, day, right? Yeah, the night before our wedding. Which, and we, on our wedding rings, we have this, the, the seed of life yeah. all around our wedding ring. And uh, got to hang out and talk with him for half an hour. It was magical. Oh, wow. I mean, I get the no, sense kidding. he would love your book, too. I mean, he, I remember reading in the ser- – what's, what's the book of his? The Serpent um, – the Serpent, serpent in the Rainbow? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's not that one. It's something else. And it, it was it was really interesting about all the ancient sites and the the feminine energy that we're going through now and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, like you know, like you guys, he's in our bibliography, right? And uh, <laughs> with the ancient secrets of the uh, flower, flower of Life, volumes one and two, and he's coming out with the volume three next year, two thousand nineteen. Wow! Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, did you guys get a chance to talk to him about your writing and stuff? We did. definitely we yeah. dropped off a bunch of books with him. He's got a huge school there. And, uh, you know, he said, if I if there's anything I can do for you guys, you know, just let me know. And we, we just I think everybody like you guys, we're all just trying to h- how do we bring this information to yeah, as many people, people as possible? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's changed. it's changed quite a bit since uh, we last talked. I mean, even the, all the ancient mysteries and there's been more progress with the Gobekli Tepe and other mysteries. And so it's moving fast. Definitely. You know, I, I think when we first came out with, with this book, I, nobody was prepared or even ready for it. You know, it's it's taken five years just to to get the masses to kind of like catch up a little bit. And, and that all happens with guys like you doing your podcast and putting the information out there and, and you know, us doing our vlogs and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's pretty exciting right now. And they spent two of the years wanting to kill each other again. So that's not helping. Yeah, no, I know. Well, that's you know true. what, the, the thing is, I, I mean, when, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm trying to look at it as an optimist because if I don't, I'll go crazy. But I think that, realizing how much work there still is to do is what that's all about. So us, us pretending that everybody feels the love, the connection, the oneness, the, um, the consciousness, the realization that what we do to one person, we do to ourselves, that all the, all the crap that's happening is based on fear, not based on real uh, threats. Um, When you, when you actually, get people to see that you think everybody's thinking that way and you see changes moving in that direction. Well, there's, there's a lot of people that are still terrified and that go for the fear. And, and all we can do is on a daily basis and especially through uh, art and, and radio and music and, uh, and TV and movies is try to show a different perspective. And, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, without an agenda, just make the conversations happen. No agenda. Yeah. No agenda. <laughs> so, do you guys listen to No Agenda too? No, yeah. Only because of you guys. I heard about it from you guys, and then so I checked them out. You know, when I when I you know, I mean, I'm such a fan now. You guys, this is so weird being on here as a guest because uh, you know I I'd never heard of you guys when we first were on, which was like what three four years ago. And then I checked out your whole library, listened to everything while I'm working the night shift, trying to keep my family above water, right? And learned so much, laughed my ass off at the mushroom episode, man. I, I remember having tears in my eyes at 5 a.m. in the morning listening to that. <laughs> so great. And and guess who comes home going, we got to do mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to have so much fun. we got to do this together. You're going to love it. So yeah, that was, uh, I thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's yeah. put a little pressure on me. Did it happen yet? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> nice, excellent. Good times, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think it was June. For, was it June? For, no, I can't. Actually, hey, I don't no. condone drugs and stuff like that. I just think people should try mushrooms. Maybe smoke yeah. a little weed and chill the fuck out. 
Yeah, well, you know, should you be, know, I still I always say it should be part of high school graduation. That should be like graduation. Boom. Here you go. Get in the bush. We'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. And you know what? We could we could change the world overnight if everybody tried ayahuasca. Yeah. There Have you go. guys tried it yet since no. we talked last no, time? No, I haven't. No, I do. I've got uh, some DMT I, I'm, I might try soon. In the, okay. next, in the next couple months, but ayahuasca is trickier around here. I always like the yeah. idea of mushrooms because you could just drop them out of those bomber planes we made. You know, it's harder to drop ayahuasca out of a plane, but we could just drop mushrooms fucking all over the place. Well, the, given the experience that we had, and and I wouldn't talk about my experience with ayahuasca last time we were on because it was still too. Oh my god, it, it was uh, tragic, life life altering. And I just couldn't even go there. But um, I'm happy to do that today. But, you know, I first things first, like like you said, being responsible around around drugs and condoning things. Uh, there's there's nasty people out there and there's people that are doing it wrong. And there's people that are selling people's um, something called ayahuasca. And an ayahuasca. I think it's called toe or but something. They, they'll call it ayahuasca ceremony. And it's not. We went to Peru. Uh, we went to a, a, a really safe uh you know, highly acclaimed place um, in just outside of in Pizak. And uh, we had even there, we had a harrowing experience. I did. And I would absolutely tell anybody if I hadn't been as safe as I was, it would have been really dangerous and ugly. And and I was in such a safe place and I was very well taken care of. Right. So, you know, I would, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge venture to do it and don't take it lightly. Like everything, you've got to do your research, right? I mean, you have to, you got to be safe. You got to take care of yourself. It's a foreign country, but I tell you the experience, like we had two completely opposite, opposite. experiences <laughs> yeah. because we're writers. It was almost like she, she had the negative experience and I had this crazy positive experience. Yeah. Well, when you go in there, um, you ask, you know, they, they ask you, what is your, you know, what's your purpose? What's your point of doing this? What do you want mother ayahuasca to show you? And, uh, I was so naively stupid and I don't regret it, but I would, I couldn't, I don't have the courage to do it again. I said, show me what I need to know to be of most service. And I was shown what the world looks like devoid of love and connection. I was shown what the universe looks like when, the, when you feel complete isolation and separation. And it was that emptiness and that sadness and that disconnection, um, which is probably only, you know, a, a little tiny piece of depression and the things that people go through these days and are trying to medicate for that, that was harrowing. And, you know, but it did give me insight that I did not have. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty nor pretty good question, though. I mean, a pretty good purpose. I don't know if you know you'd call that naive na naivete or not, but <laughs> it sounds like you know it was pretty genuine. I mean, I maybe didn't expect to see like the results of uh, if nobody did service, and it was you know that sounds pretty dark. But you know, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough for me to to witness because I'm telling you, she cried for like three days straight. Yeah, well, it was horrible. Fuck I was just sorry? I was just listening to it on my way to the studio tonight. I just started. Oh, what's it called? Um, sorry, I gotta find this. Uh, You're having a big bong moment. Now. So it's uh, <laughs> well, I just grabbed 
I just got my Audible credit, so I grabbed the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Just because yeah. I heard a lot about it, and I just started it today, and like the whole part I listened to on the way over was how uh, being in service of other people is the most important thing you could ever do. Well, you know what? I think uh, we started out the One Great Year series with the idea of uh, being in service and doing like finding our, we knew our purpose was to bring something uh, to the world that would make it a better place. And then it evolved like leaps and bounds as we did research. And as we found out more about consciousness and found out about like uh, just this awareness of uh, the connection and oneness between people. And uh, there's no doubt that being in service, it, it elevates your quality of life. It's not it's not 100% altruistic. I agree with the skeptics and the cynics. You do it because you feel so connected and so much better when you find yourself in service of anyone else. And they get the benefit and you get the benefit. And if you can live your life on that balance, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yep, I agree. <laughs> so how did you guys end up deciding... Because when we last talked, you know, the book was out, everything. I think you guys were even talking about um, possibly, like, screenplays and stuff like that. And, I mean, because it is the type of book that you could totally picture in, in a movie or something like that. But how did you decide to go from that to uh, to, 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 to rejigging the, the series? So that's a great story. So uh, what happened was we were approached by a producer that was going to fund the movie and our book. And uh, they asked us if we would, because the book was so thick, would you guys, and we had to cut two lifetimes out of it. So they said, would you put Before the new lifetimes? Before we published the first one. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and split it into two. And we thought, oh my God, this was five years after we originally wrote it. And as you guys know, you, you learn so much on this journey. We, we picked up so much information just from your guys' show. Every time I listen to you guys, I would... Uh, I would, you know, write notes and, and you, you had such great guests and, and they brought so much information. I, I, I went, oh, my God, we got this wrong. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. we could we could flesh this out more. Yeah. And so and, and book two, by the time this publishing opportunity came along, book two was um, that the sequel to One Great Year was almost finished. And we knew where the story was going and we knew what was missing. We knew that we needed to tell. Like It was very much like Star Wars. We had a prequel. We had a story of when they were little kids and how Helgul goes bad and why Marcus and Theron have the love connection and the soul relationship and the soulmate uh, situation that they have. And that wasn't told yet. So we went back and we split it and we told that story. Wow. And, then, and now in book two, we're dealing with how the world's evolved to to present day now and our present day chapters are we have a brand new ending this book does not end book two the the emerald tablet does not end at all like one great year did um all of the present day has been rewritten and there's a whole entire lifetime and a huge array of characters that happened during world war ii during the nazi regime that we had originally wanted to include but didn't and now it's been fleshed out and it's, it's, it's my favorite. It, it makes me cry every single time I think about it or talk about it or read about it. And especially with what's happening in the world right now, 
it's more relevant than it's ever been. Yeah. And then, yeah. One of the, the one of the producers that was attached to us from the beginning passed away. So we we had to get a, a, a whole new group of, of uh, producers for the she film. She sent us a new group from the other side. Yeah. That's what we believe. And, totally believe. And it. the team, the team that our producers have put together, it, they have like 42 Oscars between them. Wow. Right? So it's, everything's growing, everything's maturing and evolving. And, and uh, you know, they're still gung ho. They're working hard on, on bringing this. I guess they're working on, on getting it to a Netflix kind of series now. And, and that's kind of the goal, but uh, it's exciting. It's, it's, it will happen. It's just, these things take time. And yeah. unfortunately we've been, you know, have to wait. Do you guys worry that it'll get challenging to keep, keep the script, keep it the way you want it to be and not have it manipulated and then have to be in a, a position where you have to fight to, to maintain your story. I mean, that that's got to worry a little bit. You know what? <laughs> so we, in, in the time that, you know, we talked to you guys last, we wrote the script because they couldn't get a screenplayer to, to write it. So we thought, well, nobody knows the story better than us. We might as well write the script. So we wrote the script, tried to give it to them. They wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. But, but all that information got put into the new book. Right. So we got to take everything that we had in the script and, and add that to the new books. It's, it's so much better. And now that they've read it, they, they think it's like, they think there's a reason that it's taken this long because now they think it's brilliant. So, you know, now we've got them fully behind us and everything works out. Right. Well, and you know what, worrying about whether or not they change it. Um, I think, I think the bigger question, Graham, is are they going to try to suck all levels of consciousness and message out of it? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that's where you're going. So that's yeah. what I'm going to address. And I don't, they, I don't, I know that they will, will not because the relationship we have with them is based on they're absolutely on side with the message. And this is a passion project. So they are looking for somebody to do the screenplay that really knows uh, how to get across the story. And, and at, at some point we have to let go and just say, okay, no matter what happens, if we get a Netflix series written and if we get uh, or HBO series, Amazon series, or a feature film, they're going to sell books. And if it's going to take all of that to happen for people to get the original books, yeah. we're okay with that too. So, you know, we're, we, we have faith in them at this point and we've now had a long relationship with them and they feel kind of sent to help through this whole process. Yeah, hopefully it's genuine. Like it sounds like it is. Um, do you guys? Hopefully uh, it's Netflix. Yeah, pro yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I'm pro Netflix. Yeah, I I should, maybe I should you. not be pro Netflix, but I feel like I don't know. I it's, like what they're doing better than what anyone else is doing right now. So why not? So do, I mean, do I don't have, have a TV anymore. So yeah, no TV. Why? I haven't had a TV in, well, I, had, no, I, haven't, I haven't had cable in years, yeah, like, but yeah, I had yeah. a TV, but now I just put the TV in storage. So if, once so off, I watch you Netflix or YouTube. I just do it on the computer. No, I don't need a TV. Yep. I got kids. Yeah, exactly. And it'll probably be better for your daughters anyways. She's playing a new pony game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
We're all about the Fortnite in our house. Yeah, oh, wow. Fortnite. Oh, I, I thought Elon deleted that. Yeah, no, it's all, no? it's all uh, it's all up in our face. Wow. This one's Star Stables or something like that, and I keep getting suckered into giving her gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So maybe it's a good time to summarize your book, your books, then without giving it all away. But I mean, I think people need what to hear about the first one? how many cool things that we talk about are, are in that, you know, because it travels through through lifetimes and ages and and all that. Well, okay, let's start with storyline a fascination, and I'll let Randy talk about the great year. <laughs> uh, Marcus has past life memory; his soulmate doesn't. And he pursues her through different ages in our real world history. So you're connecting with times and people and even characters out of history that you might have read about uh, in school. Like uh, book two, we go into Plato and Aristotle and Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great. In book one, we're dealing with a, uh, an ancient civilization down in Bolivia that we uh, went to visit Tiwanaku and uh, Pumapunku and and uh, we, we've set it there in those locations. But these characters have a purpose and they're emissaries and they're adversaries and they're in competition with each other to decide where the world goes. And it's set in an alternative history, an alternative worldview, and that's the great year. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I think the great year, most people have heard about it, but it's a 26,000 year cycle, and it coincides with the Earth spinning one time on its wobble. And for the Earth to make one rotation of that wobble takes 26,000 years. And it's believed that within that cycle, there's a rise and fall of consciousness. So that's essentially where we set the backstory to to our right, and we, our and, the, and then and the emissary starts in a golden age. So the golden age is the peak of the great year cycle, and in a golden age, people are connected to one another, to the planet, to the energies around them, and to each other. And we've got things like telepathy and uh, technology that's far more advanced than we have now. But from that golden age, there's a cataclysm. And there's a there's a fall into a silver age, into a bronze age and into an iron age, which is kind of what we're coming out of right now. So we're that dark age is that point in World War Two for us in our book, give or take a couple hundred years. People agree on this, uh, that believe in the great year cycle you know the great year cycle was talked about in 31 ancient civilizations the mayans talked about it plato talked about it um it's it was well known if you're if you're really interested in it there's an amazing book called hamlet's mill and walter cruttenden does a great video awesome called video. the great year it's on youtube yeah so there's lots of non-fiction and lots of theory and potentials hey hamlet's uh, mill yeah. is, is that the book dave matheson loves so much <laughs> yep Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. Yep. David Matheson? Yeah. Yes, that's right. I think that's, that's the, the one. one he brings up that's all exactly the time right. with his mythology, he did, right? He did, uh, I think he did a um, translation of that book because it's quite, it's a textbook. It's really hard to understand. And I think uh, he did a, a translation for, the you know, for the layman. For Harvard or something like that, I think. He I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks like you guys are going to be coming to the next CAC, too. To where? 
to the next uh, event that we have. Yeah, we are. Yeah, no, we have to. I can't call it CAC yeah. anymore. Contact. It's supposed to be. I, you said CAC. I go, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to something called CAC. But yeah, no. I Are you guys talking about the event yet? Because yeah, we didn't have we, we just launched it on today's intro. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, so technically, yeah, Randall, has Randall not Carlson. You know that he's in our bibliography, just just a couple notches ahead of you guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know C his C comes before G. <laughs> his sacred geometry stuff blew my mind when I first saw that stuff. I it was like, how come the whole world is not talking about this? And and the way that he delivers it, it's it's so easy to understand. And he's such a great speaker, such a great teacher. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. We're in 100%. I've been talking to Alan online, and um, it, yeah, there's no doubt. I, I'm not sure, quite sure how we're getting, you know. 500 flights, kilometers. Flights. <laughs> well, I remember I told you guys to go for the first weekend, but I was wrong. You got to go for the second weekend. Why? It's an extra day. That's our main price. Weekend. Oh, okay. Okay, I haven't booked it yet. Then, Good, that's so. what we'll yeah. do then. Yeah, okay. the second yeah. weekend's an well, extra we day, same price. Okay, well Perfect. we have uh, we have a uh, we have three kids oh. and we have a we have a grad a grad 2019. Ooh. So uh, we are. I have to look at. <laughs> I think the third weekend, the second weekend, though, will work for us. And uh, I do, Darren. I do think you you need to bring your wifey along because if we have uh, one one the Great Year Series fan there. That'll be great. If there's any other Great Year Series fans out there, we're going to be in the trenches with you at this uh, at this event. Absolutely having fun and listening and learning and communicating. So and come it's on in out. Colorado. And we'll share. We're gonna we're gonna share the information. So if we have any uh, uh, you know super cool uh, readers that want to join us on this, hopefully we can get a few people out too. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, Randall's stuff really parallels your work more than I realized. I mean, it's not only the sacred ge geometry and that kind of stuff. He's talked about, you know, the Holy Grail in very interesting ways and, you know, heavy metals and talking about, you know, the catastrophism, which is a big, you know, big part of the, the theme in your book. So really, really interesting, interesting work. And, and that's what, the reason that we put it in there, Graham, is because of, of Randall Carson's work and, right. and Graham Hancock's work of, of the meteor hitting uh, Prince George. Because Prince George, when they said the meteor hit, was a giant lake that was starting to melt. And I think you guys went out and saw that rock, that rock that washed out onto the prairie. Yep. Yeah, the big rock. <laughs> yeah. With, with so Randall, yeah. Right. And that oh, that was because that giant lake flooded into the Columbian River there. I, I know you guys have heard this a thousand times, but... Uh, and, and that, you know, that rock was, was thrown out there and I mean, crazy, interesting stuff, right? Well, you know, the neat thing is too, is that, um, it was Graham Hancock's work that initially, uh, had Rennie write down the idea for this book 20 years ago, That's right. long before he met me, he, he set us, you know, he wrote a 15 page page screenplay and, uh, and just a treatment. And he said, you know, what if. I set characters in this alternative worldview. And, and, and what if this is really what history was? And back then it was just a theory and, and he was really, you know, Graham was really climbing uphill to get anybody to, to believe him, but it was just cool. And now go back to Tappy and there's so much happening that's really adding fuel to this idea that 
you know, the one great series and the emissary, it's time. And, and, you know, we realize now 2013 was too soon. It wasn't time yet. And there's so much bubbling up under the surface right now. All, all the spiders are being scared out of the corners and it's time for people to realize why. Yeah. We got a chance to, to visit Corral, you know, the, uh, in the, so, um, just outside of, uh, Central America yeah, there. Yeah. And it's the oldest city in Central America. There was no wars. There's all these circular type temples there. Uh, they had a symbiotic relationship with the people on the ocean, the fishermen, it went on for thousands of years. Um, and the oldest civilization in South America. In South America, yeah. yeah. And I, I think um, Graham Hancock, actually, that was in his book. And then, um, you know, Tiwanaku, which is a one-off civilization. There's They, they have these H-shaped blocks there, and, and they actually slide in, cut and groove. It's amazing. Have you guys been to hey, Bolivia yet? No. no. You know what I was thinking, though? The other day, I drove by, um, I was driving by the construction site where they're building the new ring road, and they had all those, like, uh, those weird concrete Lego blocks with little notches in top, and they stack so yeah. that they can stack them up and fill up a bunch of dirt beside them and don't fall over. And I was thinking, yeah. you know what? Puma Punko is just probably the leftovers of some fucking on-ramp. <laughs> yes, it is. And they, they, there's actually a theory that it's just a dock, that there, there's nothing phenomenal about it. It, other than they had the technology and lost it. And yeah. and if we can even 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 considering that, even putting that out there and saying to people, consider something other than what you're being taught. Don't be a sheep. Open your eyes. Even if you don't believe it, even just discard it. Cool. But consider everything. And, you know, when you see Puma Punku and you see these giant 160 ton uh, slabs and there's a one millimeter variance from one side to the other. Are you kidding me? Like what? They did this with copper wires? Like, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Awesome. It really is. And, and uh, it's a, a great place to visit. Yeah. I think, that, I think next time we, we go on a mutual journey, we should all go to go back to Bolivia, go to Tijuana. I, I keep well, obviously Grammarica. We got to do one on Easter Island one day. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's Rapa great. Nui. Easter Island. Yeah, it's so good. Did Red you has get, been everywhere. Did you guys like that photo I sent you with the Easter Island heads? Yeah, yeah, that was good. yeah. I remember that one, and then I remember the wedding photo. And yeah, every once in a while, usually every six months, I'll get a picture. <laughs> That's not me. That's totally ready. I I can't yeah, get out. Was, I can't get out of my head what Central America and the world, for that matter, would look like with 300 feet less of, of water. Like before that whole catastrophe happened, like where, what would the, you know, what would that whole bay underneath Mexico and Central America look like? And what would that whole area look like? And in, in Europe and the Mediterranean, I mean, it would just be completely different. I mean, that's where we're going to find all these uh, lost cities. I don't and, think the Mediterranean exists. Existed. I don't think Tuma exists yeah. without 400 extra feet of water. No, I don't think well, there's been. I don't know, without, if, that, I don't know with, if that flooded there too. I don't know did. how much did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, we will never know because the the water is not receding; it is climbing. We are we're doing the complete opposite. We are not going to be uncovering a whole bunch of stuff right now because uh, even just where we live. There's a whole settlement down by the beach, and within the next 30 years, it will be underwater. So they're already making plans to what they're going to do to all the multi-million-dollar beachside homes 
um, that are down there. And, you know, people got it. Now we're getting into climate change and whether or not maybe the catastrophes in the past, um, you know, if it is a cycle, if the great year cycle has happened 10, 20, 400 million times, you know, maybe climate change is part of that cycle, but we're definitely not making it better. Yeah. Like half, it's almost like it it was halfway through the cycle, um, at 13,000 years. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's the that's the fucking thing, and you're coming right back up on thirteen thousand years. Yeah. So it's like if you're looking at it from the great year perspective, then it's like you're going through something at that orbit. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. So well, we'll see where we end up, but hopefully people back in the start fucking uh, Stone Age. Making it, yeah. No, we're supposed to get better. Oh, I think okay. honestly, have have faith. I mean, we. We really have to, uh, once we get, the, the changes in the evolution that has come, it, it might feel like it's stalling, but it's definitely coming. I mean, we're definitely, people are, people are getting more and more aware that uh, compassion and empathy are, are really the only things that matter. In, in the emissary, I don't want to give too much away, but in the emissary, the one and only thing that our bad guy has to really deal with is giving up his empathy that is what makes him be the bad guy that he can potentially be because Helgul still feels love he still feels passion he still feels uh, all those other things but without empathy those are selfish and you can feel all the love you want if all you care about is how that affects you and that selfishness of that and that possessiveness and that's what we got to kind of, address. that's what I hope I'm, I got the girl view here. This is, this is, this is where you get the feminist, the feminism, uh, the, you know, rising big in the difference world. difference between those two words. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big difference. But this is where you get the, the, you know, the feminine energy rising and the feminine energy is all about compassion, empathy, and love. And when that starts to reign, then the, all the other emotions and all the other things we feel um, are tempered by it. And, and when you don't have that empathy, it's, it's not a good thing. So is, is the conflict in that back and forth in your book about feminine, feminine and, and, and masculine energy, or is it about good and evil? Like, can you parallel that to, to what's going no, on in today's yeah. age? Oh, I'm glad you asked that because I didn't want to put that across. Feminine no, 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 you didn't. Okay. I was going to ask that question yeah. before you said that. So okay. it wasn't about, yeah. Your last comment, I, I was just curious as to uh, what that conflict is, like how deep is that conflict and is it good and evil or, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good and evil. I think this sacred feminine energy is something that, that happens when we reach the higher ages. Yeah. And, and uh, so that, and then that's kind of why our, our, our lead character in the golden age is a woman white elder and, and she represents the sacred feminine but the most important thing is to not vilify masculine or feminine they're they're totally intertwined and interconnected with one another they're not separate and to we don't want to ever get across this idea that uh feminine is higher our characters are reincarnated as male and female a, a soul energy, source energy is both all the time. So we don't have like this idea that Marcus stays a dude. 
through every single lifetime for all these years. He doesn't. Sometimes he's female, sometimes he's male and, and vice versa. So there's not, yeah, it's definitely about the, the, the good and evil and what are good and evil? Are they just experiences? Are they just perspectives? And maybe you have to have evil to understand good. White man or evil, I think. Last I heard. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's right. That's, that's what, that's, that's the fear. That's the fear that's putting out there. Is that why it's ramping up so much? Cause they don't want us going into the golden age and the free energy and all that shit. They're like, no, 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 no. Trump's Hitler. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I, and I think that, that, no, really, I think it's part of it. I think that trying to, trying to make anybody the enemy, the worst thing that's happening right now is the pitting of people against people. Yeah. And and there's nobody is your enemy except what you're making up in your head. If they're not at your door trying to harm you, then all the rest of it is imaginary. Yeah. That's a and, great that's way right. to that's put it. That's what we said last that's week. A, we said hug a Democrat. This week we'll say hug a Republican. No, that's a, that's Absolutely. a good way to put it, though, because we, we have these, you know, chats with people Don't in our chats out. and with friends um, that... Uh, <laughs> that uh talk about just di- you know distancing yourself from from the media and the news and the and the, the all that that division that you're talking about because in your day-to-day life you don't really come across it a lot like like you said it's a great way to put it if, unless somebody's banging down your door like really you're not you're probably not coming across it a lot unless you're looking in one media. of these cities unless you're looking at uh at uh you know in, in one of the rallies or one of the protests or something like that in these small areas where that's happening and that divisiveness is absolutely intentional. I mean, if you in our story, we have the adversaries. We have we have people that are intentionally sowing discord and and uh, division and fear in the world because they want that dark energy to reign. And when you don't, when you realize that is just fear mongering, like that's not even real. I've met you know fifty people. Uh, I mean, we we have a huge uh, Indo-Canadian population around us and there's lots of gang activity and and there's there's people out there that would have you believe that all brown people are dangerous and gang members. And, you know, 90 percent of people I know don't believe that at all. You know, they don't think that at all. But you go on Facebook or you go somewhere else and you're you can see that there's people out there that are sowing that and they're and they're dividing people. You just you got to be smarter and you got to be asking questions and we got to raise our children to be tolerant and compassionate and empathetic and not feed into all that fear. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. But even at the higher levels of the elite and the and the the control system, I don't even know if they're intentionally doing it bad. I, I almost feel like they think they're doing the right thing sometimes. You know, like they're sowing. I don't know. It's hard to say. They're, oh yeah, you're right. I think there's a lot of good people that are absolutely convinced of the beliefs and the fears that they have. A hundred percent. They're not bad people trying to make it worse. There, there, there's a lot of good people that think that they're in imminent danger of refugees and they're just trying to protect. Okay. They're they're And that's like, there's a lot of good people that are Trump supporters. There's a lot of good people that are Democrats. There's a lot of bad people that are Democrats. There's a lot of bad people that are Trump supporters. Like we're, we're divided like that, not by these party lines. That's just illusion. We're already divided by who's good and who's, 
you know, who's going to do shitty things and who's going to try to do good things. Yeah. There's enough of that without fucking television. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, the we answer on a, a podcast ends up being more often than not love. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I would say we're at like 8% of the guests end up Why saying that. I don't know. No, I'm just, like I'm just making it's a like, 50. It's like, it's like 30, 40, 50%. Like oh, end up 30, 40, 50%. There's been a lot in the last little bit where the answer is love. Like in that, and that's what the guest is saying. And that's what, what we're saying. I was sure to write a great quote the other day. Yesterday's quote from my quote book was, uh, instead of seeking love, give love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I live by that. I kind of, uh, uh, it's it's been a weird weird journey as as writing partners. Um, Rennie and I have done a lot of signings, and we go meet people. And as we're meeting people, um, I I I have hugged more strangers and had them fall apart in my arms than I ever would have believed possible. Mm. And there's this weird moment where I look at somebody and they just. They make eye contact and I know it's the first time they've made eye contact in years and I'll just stand up and walk around the table and they just need to be loved. And, you know, people need to realize that making eye contact and, and looking at the people around them is a huge, huge difference in how we function on the planet. You know, it's funny. It's a lot like you two, your two relationship, you know, Graham, you're kind of like the open guy, right? And, and Darren, you're kind of like the cynic a little bit. And I, you know, you guys sit across from each other and I do the same thing at these book signing events. And Tam is this loving creature that, you know, she can, she's clairvoyant too. She, she, people will come up and she says, she'll say things to them and they'll just start bawling. And it's like, and I'm like, I'm watching What's this. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, and I don't, I don't fully understand it because I don't get anything. I don't. Get he, used to, he used to say to me, like he used to be grabbing me under the table or like, like kicking me, going, "You can't say that to people." But okay, so I'll give you an example because it's it's kind of like being out there. We just had a book signing last weekend. Um, we're in this little tiny bookstore, and they've been amazing to us, and. And uh, this woman walks in and she's standing at our table and I see around her all this. I see that she's an artist. So she tells us, oh, yeah, my mom's a, a writer, too. I like to, you know, support local artists, da, da, da. And so we sign her book for her. But I look at her and I go, you're an artist, too. And she says, you know, no, I'm a, I'm a musician. <laughs> and she said, and then she says, uh, I'm a pianist. She says, I'm, I'm a pianist. And, and, uh, and I said, no, well, so when are you going to start painting? Now, this is not a 20-year-old. This is a woman of my age. And I said, well, when are you going to start painting? And she lost it. She goes, no, I have been actively resisting painting. I have painted and torn it up and thrown it away. And I just said, well, you're supposed to be painting. Like, I see painting all around you. And she really lost it. Like, she really just went oh my God, I can't resist it anymore. Like you literally walked up to me and told me what the universe has been telling me and telling me and telling me. And I've been resisting. I don't know why she's supposed to paint. I don't have any. And, and the minute I tell her this, all my intuition disappears and I feel like a lunatic. <laughs> but there I am standing on, on the other side of the table, hugging her. 
And she's like, I can't believe you said I have to, you know, so it's, I think everyone can do that, but you have to be open. You gotta, you gotta trust your brain when your intuitions come, when you get these messages for people, I have the guts and the, the craziness to just say, I think this is, I think this is happening for you. And like nine times out of 10, it is. Yeah. You kind of got to not care what people think or what's going to come out. I mean, you really have to just let go of all that self-consciousness, I think, to to be yeah. like that. But I think the eye contact thing is very important. I mean, it really does mean a lot. Like if you stare, like we were talking about before I, I had a trip to the Czech Republic recently and I was t- <coughs> telling you guys how stoic and how uh, stern the people were and they weren't really very emotional, like either way. Although driving, yeah, even driving there are different. It's really weird. But, um, you know, if you smile at them, they, they will smile back. Like if you, if you focus on somebody in the moment and give them a genuine smile and eye contact, like 99% of the time they're going to smile, even if they're pissed yeah. off or even if they're grouchy people or whatever, like you're going to get that reaction. So it does, it does spread. I think that is, uh, is positive. Yeah, I was at the hockey rink the other day. A guy walks by, this old guy, and he says, he goes, thank you. And I said, for what? He goes, just for smiling. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny because I get the complete opposite. I, I'll smile at somebody and they'll like flash me the like the angry eyes. Like, what the fuck are you smiling at? I get about 50-50. I'm, I'm a big smiler. I try and smile at people. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I it's about 50-50. It's that yeah. sly yeah. grin. It's not a smile. It's that sly grin. That's right. It's a smarmy grin. They're like, "What do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> I say that when he smiles at me too. Yeah. Have you have you heard of the emissary yet? <laughs> <laughs> Open up your coat. You got a couple of books in there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So when's the new uh, one? The new one comes out soon? The new, yeah, yeah the new book comes out, well, it was supposed to come out February, but they're holding it back now to June 4th. So it comes out June 4th, uh, 2019. But the audio book, we got a chance to do the audio book to The Emissary. And I, you know, I think you guys might know, but I like I was doing the acting thing for like 17 years, and I got a chance, like I quit acting when we started writing 10 years ago. And uh, got a chance to do the audiobook, which was like crazy cool. It's super fun. Okay, and- I have to make an admission here. When we started this, I said to him, I have to do the audiobook. I have to read it because you're going to screw it up. And then he's like, no, no, you're going to screw it up <laughs> because we're married now and we fight all the time when we're working through our process. So, but he did such a brilliant job. Uh, he came up with voices for characters that were right on that I was listening to it. And I've, I've heard this, like I've been working with this for a long, long time and I didn't want to turn it off. So I'm listening just for mistakes or background noise or anything. And I'm done that section and I'm still listening because it's like, no, no, I want, I want to hear till the end of the chapter. I want to keep listening. So I'm super proud of Rennie. He did an amazing job. There's a couple of times where there's a woman speaking where I'm in there. And I cringe at everyone, but they're not bad. So I don't know if you guys know, but what, one of our producers attached to, to the television show is Randy Staub. 
He's the engineer. He did um, Metallica's, Metallica's uh, Black, Black Album. Album. He's been nominated for a Grammy. He won two Junos for Nickelback's uh, uh, stuff. Right. So he, he's a he, sound engineer. So he made us sound good. And, and he, he helped us work through the audio book. And he was he said, you guys, I can't believe you guys did such a good job. So in our closet, hearing that from him was like <laughs> all the you know, that's all we needed. Yeah. So what was that like? What was that like Sweet. recording that? I mean, with long days, lots of like, can you how long could you go without having to like, you know, edit or retake Sweet. something? Because I have this vision that it would be. I mean, not if you're not if you're doing like a, a fictional thing like that. But if I was just narrating a book, I feel like you could do it quite a while without having to uh, to stop. But well, I mean, you, I, go you ahead. remember the summer we had, right? How hot it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a closet at the top of our house with no. It was like no windows. I had it filled with blankets. I'm in my underwear, sweating like a pig. <laughs> for 13 hours it was hell yeah, yeah. really into a digital recorder or something like that or you did the whole book in yeah, 13 we had, hours we had the whole studio set up like you guys do and uh we recorded it all and then we gave it to to randy and his team to uh to engineer so. yeah. wow wow that's not yeah. bad that's really. i would think it would take you like a well, week i have to say Rennie, it was pretty awesome because Rennie, uh in his in his past career he was working with audio and video and, and putting together TV series, a travel documentary kind of TV series. So he, we bought the software. He taught himself to use the software. And uh, after, you know, a couple tutorials. Yeah, I'm sure you guys use Pro Tools. No. No? Yeah, no, it's, it's music. Have it? our, our producer Brody uses them. Yeah. I use, oh, okay. I use Studio One. Yeah, well, it's it's not menu driven at all. It's really complicated. There's a million buttons. There's a million things. Rennie figured it all out, and uh, he it was awesome for him because he was able to miss my family reunion this summer <laughs> with a really good excuse, <laughs> and he didn't have to come along. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was an amazing summer. He worked so hard. I I think I sent you guys a couple of uh, the book trailers. Did you guys see those? I don't I, think I did. I did, but did I don't. You? But I don't think it was. Uh, was it audio? Like is the audio book over? done now? Yeah, there was audio with them of ready reading. So we do have book trailers on our website on onegreatyear.com and our YouTube, and our YouTube channel. channel. So you can get a little sample. I'll, of the, I'll play a sample yeah. at the end of this episode. Well, how do we get how do we get the audio book in full? Is it uh, going to be on? Oh, okay, 4th. okay. Excellent. So it'll be on yeah. Audible, audible.com then on December 4th? Yes. Oh, that's oh awesome. sweet. I get my credit on the 6th. There you go. You get your yeah. credit. Like yeah, my, the monthly, like your monthly, uh, monthly book. Oh, like, Audible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, so get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just searching well. it right next now because I was looking for it. I that's got two month. credits available right now. So I just spent my oh, credit today awesome. on that book. Oh, good. That book I was talking about earlier. That's awesome. They're doing some kind of promo too on Audible during um, right when it comes out. So hopefully you guys can get it, and it won't even use up a credit. When the movie That'll comes, be- can like Graham do a cameo? We'll get him like get thrown off a cliff or something. <laughs> no, I think uh, we'll have we'll have to uh, we'll have to make a scene where we can all just sit and uh, have. We'll be and do- and mushrooms. <laughs> there we go. Well, the dog wants Sorry, to come on the show. Working. What kind of dog is it? It's a it's a rescue, and he's uh, he's a little. We think he's a Shih Tzu Terrier, and we named him we named him Socrates. 
after one of the characters from the series and one of the most famous Greek uh, <laughs> philosophers <Philosophers>. ever. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. He sits right on our shoulders and right at our side the whole time we're writing. And when we get really annoyed, with, I'm the one who keeps talking about this, but when we get really annoyed with each other, uh, we just turn to look at the dog and go, hi, suck. And it takes all the stress off of each other. Yeah, maybe you guys can help us with that. How do you, how do <laughs> how you, you guys work, how do you work not, together? We're not married. We're together twenty four seven. We work together. We live <laughs> together. We shop together. We and it's uh, it's uh, when the, when times are good and your party and things are good, it's fun. And when you're really deep into it, it's mad. It's excruciating. Yeah, we couldn't do it if. Uh... We couldn't do it if we didn't if we lived together too. Oh my, oh my god! god. I we, we to, it's bad enough we work together, and then we're like, "Oh, I'll see you at the studio," and we gotta come straight <laughs> come straight here. It's uh, I could use a little less of Darren. Myself. I could use a less ground to, to be perfectly honest. One, something's gonna have to give eventually, whether it's the podcast or the job. We'll see, but so you guys can relate yeah oh yeah yeah that's right yeah, well, it's funny because every couple we know says how do you guys do it and we literally say i don't know i don't know how we do it uh we know that we got to take breaks that's the biggest thing is that you know we we got to uh, a couple weeks ago we finished book two handed it over to the final and i said i'm done like let's we're gonna have a huge halloween party Let's have, and all I did was focus on that. <laughs> and poor Randy, I really decorated and he, he came to help and he goes, well, maybe we should. And I looked at him and I go, this is not a team project. <laughs> I am doing this alone. Get the road. And he, and, and he was good with that, which is awesome. He did the music for the party. So. Thank God marijuana is legal. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Did you guys dress as any characters in your book or anything like that or? Well, it was, we actually did a literary theme party. So the whole house was decorated. Like uh, the living room where the dance floor was, was scary movies. And, and our, our original book cover was in there and we had all kinds of stuff. We didn't dress as characters from our book. I dressed as the Wicked Witch of the West because uh, the Wizard of Oz, I think is one of the most brilliant takes on uh, the archetypes of uh, human behavior and, and, you know, every I think it's still accurate today. So that's what I did. Rennie went as a cowboy because he looked super hot in the hat. No, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was uh, Louis Lemur. You guys remember those books way back, those Westerns? Yeah, I'm I grew too young. Up, I, yeah, that's right. You are too young. But uh, I grew up, my dad read those. So I that's what I, the books I grew up reading. And I was paying homage to uh, Louis Lemur. Nice. I dressed who's up still, as who's, who's still prolific, and he's been dead for like fifteen years. I dressed up as Jack. 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 Jack, Jack Sparrow. No. Jack Black. Jack from uh, <laughs> it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's. I was awesome. going to dress up as Jack Dorsey, but I couldn't find a big enough douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. That's probably a better choice. That's right. Yeah, it was. I, I just like to wear a mask. You throw a mask on, done. Where'd you dress up as this year? I don't. I don't participate in that anymore. You don't. You don't participate. I'm is too, it like I'm against a, you? I'm afraid to appropriate somebody's culture, so I just don't do it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, should we talk about that? Because I wear Indian garb. I think Indian clothing is absolutely gorgeous. East Indian or All West Indian? Yeah, like East Indian. Oh. And I 
I have a whole bunch of saris and suits. And whenever we've been on the road in the past, I've always taken them with me and worn them. And they've gone over really well because they're colorful and beautiful and happy. I don't, I, I don't understand that. I think it's a respectful thing. I think it, when you do that, you respect their culture, not appropriate it. So I, I think it's a, they've got it completely opposite, to be honest with you. Yeah, if you're I not you mocking, because, uh, then I I'll think it's you. fine. And Halloween is just Halloween, so get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't do it for Halloween, but I have seriously a big wardrobe and, and of those of those kind of outfits. And when I wear them, the Indian women, uh, like, they thank me. Oh, you look, you know, like they love it. They love seeing it. Uh, so I love seeing it too. I think she looks hot as hell in those Indian garbs. <laughs> <laughs> All maybe right. you should maybe you should try bollywood for your book i don't know <laughs> oh, I, I wear, you know i'm trying i'm slowly switching my uh wardrobe to the bali stuff the festival oh, yeah. like here i love he's, it he's, he's found these uncomfortable pajama pants that he's wearing yeah. <laughs> i just love the I stores think... called bali imports you go in there it's like all this like rave shit i don't <laughs> yeah. rave or anything like that but the clothes are great they're all no, they're, they're loose no, fitting. They're so comfy. The pockets are huge. They yeah. got a string on the bottom. I can tie them up wherever I want. If I wanted to be shorts, bam, they're shorts. So I was like, yeah. how do I get my life to the point where I can wear clothes like this every day? <laughs> exactly. I it's think exactly. they are. They're totally. They're totally comfortable. I oh, love the Bali I can, stuff. Yeah, I, know. I, just I used need to wear to that all the time. They're great for around, traveling, yeah. but you wear them here, exactly. and people look at you like you're a nut bar. That's okay. <laughs> Fuck them. They just, say, you just, guys, just smile at them. No. <laughs> smile at them. Aren't you guys on the West Coast? You should fit right in over there. Well, you, it's not tight enough. Just, set, just not, head, uh, head not, south a couple hundred miles and you'll be fine. And he's not a snowboarder. Right. Yeah. Okay? It's like there. we live in a, you know, a little bubble. And Did you just say I'm old and fat? He needs to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe we'll get to see him. This those, from the uh, guy who was trying those. to say that he was uh, hate crime in hockey because someone was saying he was old and fat, and then he turned around and pulled that. Unbelievable. Short, old, short, old and fat. That's right. And slow, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but quick. <laughs> so, is there anything else? Is there anything else before we uh, wrap it up that you guys want to mention about the book? I don't know if we interrupted you in the middle of that or if we got to the uh, to the end. I think we did. Yeah, you mentioned Listen, the end. Yeah. Listen, we're just happy to be spending time with you guys. Yeah. The emissary came out October 9th and it is available everywhere right now. You can go to bookstores, you can get it in Kindle. Um the the audiobook's coming out December 4th and it's really going to be super entertaining. Uh we can't say enough that when book 2 the Emerald Tablet comes out in June, it is going to absolutely blow the doors off where this series has been at up till this point. So we really want people to get in, get in early, take a read, send us reviews, send us your comments. We have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We're doing all that stuff to let people know what's going on. We always talk back and forth with people. Um, if they, if they weigh in with us and, uh, you know, little by little kindness by kindness idea by idea we can change the world and that's what it's all about 
So let's do it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm going to wait for the audio book myself. That's about 90% of my uh, digesting of knowledge is through audio nowadays. So, yeah, I'm going to wait for that. that. But, yeah, for sure I'll get it when it comes out on Audible. And hopefully we see you guys in May in uh, Colorado. We'll be there. Second weekend. Yeah, right on. Awesome. Second weekend. So that's like May 20th. Oh, no, that's fuck. I don't know. I should have just kept my motion. The weekend before the <laughs> It's, uh, I got it right in front of me. The email here, it's May, Monday, Friday, 24th to 27th. Actually, be the 23rd. 23rd to the 27th. So okay. there you go. We got Grimerica guests going to the conference. So you absolutely do. Get much We're in, you yeah, guys. It's right going to be a blast. That's Looking awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Yeah, All right, thanks. guys. Enjoy that legal BC weed. Next time I'm out there, we'll have to <laughs> hang out. Go Calgary. There you right. go. Come on See down. Our dispensaries are sold out already, so <laughs> didn't take long. All right, guys. Have a good night. Take come care, back guys. Anytime. Good Thanks. talking to you. Ciao. Bye. You know, I was looking at the website. It was all way back in uh, 2014. That was 2014. four. I meant to say that to them over four years ago. Fuck, time flies. Crazy. Eh? And that was a really, honestly, I really did like the one great year book and I'm looking forward to reading these ones. It's, it's, it's like that, uh, couple of the books that we compare it to that our listeners have, or sorry, our guests have written that combine all the stuff we talk about in a great sort of fiction based fact sort of, um, tale. It's like one of those fact based fiction. I just said that fact based fiction, fiction based fact, fact based fiction. Can't work the other way. Fiction-based fact, that's like fucking everything else on television. That's the news, that's the documentaries, that's your yeah, discovery that's a, yeah, channel, that's everything on fucking... completely opposite. Everything on television. Yeah, that's a good good point. Anyways, yeah, they, they've had a very interesting story, and, and uh, the books are great. The books are great. Looking forward to meeting them in person. Looking forward to meeting them in person. Looking forward to meeting some of you fucks in person. Looking forward to getting some support for the show. Gramerica.ca slash support so we can keep interviewing whoever we want. Whenever we want. Graham's finger banging a kangaroo scrotum over here. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Probably as good a spot as anyway. So send stuff to the P.O. box. Smells like leather handcuffs. Are you smelling the scrotum now? <laughs> Excellent. We'll put a picture of the scrotum in the chats. Gramerica.ca slash chats to join the chats, guys america.ca slash support to support everything else is in the motherfucking show notes see you next week thanks for listening somehow I built a rocket ship out of the stuff dreams are made Popsicle sticks Please look at my rocket ship schematics Tell me it can fly to the moon Tell me I'm not a lunatic
Countdown, three, two, one, no hesitation.